Welcome to the 65th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Abby Leish, Membership Assistant at the Land Stewardship Project. Over the past dozen years, the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings Program has helped launch hundreds of farming careers through practical, hands-on training in business planning, innovative marketing, and goal setting. One key element of the Farm Beginnings course is exposing participants to the idea that producing food for a living does not require taking on huge amounts of debt. Farm Beginnings graduate Nolan Lenzen, along with his wife Vanessa, are prime examples of how making a go of it on the land can be done with minimal resources. The Lenzens, who are in their late 20s, have a grass-based dairy operation in central Minnesota and have recently built their own low-cost, labor-saving milking parlor. Their 40-cow milking herd is in transition to becoming certified organic, and there is an added twist to this operation. The cows are milked on a seasonal basis. In other words, the Lenzen farm literally does not produce milk from February to April each year. This is in sharp contrast to the typical dairy farm, which schedules breeding in such a way that the herd is producing milk for sale 12 months out of the year. Although a farm that is based on grass and seasonality may not produce record-breaking amounts of milk, the Lenzens say it is providing a good standard of living for them. Because they don't spend as much on feed, cropping equipment, and other inputs, they have much lower costs of production, which equals more profitability. Just as importantly, this low-input dairy provides a good quality of life for the couple and their four young children. They say it makes it possible for them to spend more time together and participate in community activities. This is important to the Lenzens because they've already taken a ride on the high-input, high-speed treadmill of conventional dairying, and for them it was a path to early burnout, financially and personally. Nolan says early in his farming career he used high-energy grains to maximize milk yields in a confinement system and even won awards for production. They pushed the herd and pushed themselves, all the while going further into debt and leaving little room for life outside the milking parlor and crop fields. The Lensons recently hosted a Farm Beginnings Field Day that featured their low-cost milking parlor and rotationally grazed pastures. After the tour, Nolan and Vanessa talked to LSP's Brian DeVore about their seasonal grass-based system and why it has been good for their bottom line as well as their quality of life. Yeah, so Nolan, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, you had mentioned earlier that when you uh, first thought about getting into uh, doing your own dairy operation, that the seasonal aspect of it really um, appealed to you. And I was wondering, if, first of all, for people who maybe aren't familiar with that, how it's different from the traditional dairy system, talk maybe briefly give an outline of how your seasonal system works, and then maybe talk a little bit about uh, why you chose that, what, what some of the advantages you see to some, a system like that. It uh, works on, uh, I start calving April 20th, and this year I'll have 40 cows calve in six weeks. And grass up here, I'm not quite sure when it'll be ready, but I'm hoping by about the beginning of May. And after that, they're uh, out on pasture all summer long. And April to, or October 1st, I usually start milking once a day, and that ties in real nicely with being seasonal. All the cows are late in lactation, so I can uh, I can get by with it without too much stress on the cow. 
and the cows go dry. I try to milk them until about the beginning of February. And then they're dry for almost three months. I chose it because I wanted a life outside of milking cows 24 hours, you know, seven days a week, and it just 365 days a year. It it gets it gets old after a while. I I did that for a few years, and it's just not worth it to me, I guess. Yeah, and kind of the more traditional system would be you you're breeding cows throughout the year. You're trying to set it up so that you're always going to have milk cows. Uh, producing milk throughout the whole year so you're you're getting that that production all through the year more of that type of system yeah and the other nice thing is with uh with seasonal and i got uh, this year i'll have you know 25 20 to 25 young calves and i only have to feed them for a couple months out of the year and i get to do it when the weather is probably perfect for raising calves which is spring um, I mean, you look at deer and, you know, they don't calve in the middle of January. It sure makes it nice for that. What, what's, it must be, is it a little bit of a challenge to try to get it to kind of get into that seasonal system and try to get your breeding timed and all of that? Uh, I, I've talked to a lot of people and it, it seems that everybody that's maybe tried it or is thinking about trying it, it seems like a real hurdle for them. But for me, it it just kind of fell into place. I I was I milked year round up until I decided to go seasonal, and then I delayed breeding on oh maybe a dozen cows or so. I bought some heifers from my dad that kind of fit into my calving window, and then at the time I could sell two Holsteins and buy three crossbreds. I did that on. A number of cows and I went seasonal in one season and I, I think if, if a guy's going to go seasonal that's kind of what you need to do is just bite the bullet and go seasonal all at once because if, if you try and you know stretch it out over a few years I mean you're going to get burned out and you're gonna it, it just doesn't work right if you've got you know 10 cows milking in January and you're just trying to get to the point where you're seasonal it 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 makes things a lot easier and you'll enjoy it a lot more if you just switch over to being seasonal all at once one thing you were mentioning earlier was say in october when you go to the once a day milking you may be getting a lot less production but because your inputs are so much lower uh and then also you feel like your the quality of the milk is higher in the end your paycheck's about the same or your milk check's about the same yeah i I've had milk checks where I've gotten over $6 premium just on components. You add that on top of your milk price, and when I start milking once a day, my volume goes down, but my milk checks will stay the same for a period of time. It probably comes out that I make a little more money because I'm, being that I'm only milking them once a day, I, I don't have the electric bill for the second milking, I don't have the chemical costs for cleaning the pipeline a second time. Quality of life is it's second to none. I mean, you, I, I'll get done milking uh, and I'll get, towards, get done with chores at about 9 o'clock in the morning and I've got the rest of the day, you know, that I can go do whatever with the family 
and I don't have to worry about getting a hired hand out here or being back for milking. Uh, they're done for the day, and so am I. Is it tough, the budget, though? You're not going to get that paycheck for three months, that milk check for three months. Is that is it kind of hard to budget budget that in? Um, I'd say for some it, it could be. I mean, it, it's that's another hang-up that a lot of people have over seasonal milking. But I think that if you have a tight enough wallet, you know, you can you can make a go of it. I, I know I sure do. I make sure all my expenses are, you know, either prepaid or paid in advance. Um, everything's caught up. You know, I'll have my my hay and fort, you know, all set up and have enough for the winter so I don't have to buy any hay. And as far as other expenses, there's there's really not a whole lot of expenses for the wintertime. Uh, family living expenses, but... You know, you learn real quick that you have to start setting money aside right away when you start getting your milk checks. I think it makes you a better manager of your money because you're not you're not always saying, well, you know, I'm going to get a milk check next month and that'll cover it. And before you know it, you know, you've got uh, stuff bought that's, you know, three milk checks out. And, you know, before you know it, you're further behind than, than you think. And um, I was wondering if you could uh, just give me a little, back up a little bit, give me a little uh, background on your history. It sounds like you came from a farming background. Yeah, we, uh, me, my dad, and my grandpa, we milked uh, 90 cows in a 50-cow barn. We were completely conventional. Uh, we ran about 300 acres of crop ground. Nothing was pastured. We raised all of our heifers and steers. And that got to be quite a bit for three people. Uh, at the time, I was, at our peak, we were about, uh, well, at the peak of 90 cows, I was 20 years old, my dad was 50, and my grandpa was 70. Three generations and way more work than we knew what to do with. I just, I basically got burned out, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to rent a barn on my own, and I'm going to do things my way. I guess they weren't really my way because I ended up, just doing it more conventional. I milked in a tie stall and fed TMR, and I chased production. I I was up to almost 24,000-pound rolling herd average. Won awards for milk production, and at the end of the day, you know, a, an award hanging on the wall is, it uh, doesn't put food on the table. Once I moved back to my dad's farm after he quit milking, I fenced off his whole 55 acres that was grazable. That spring, I quit feeding TMR, put the cows out on pasture, and by that fall, I was seasonal. So I went from being a con- totally confinement dairy, you know, conventional, to 100, well, at that time, I was still feeding grain that first year. I went from calving year-round to seasonal, and the next year, I went to 100% uh, no grain. That You know, I don't feed the... The young stock any grain. The calves, baby calves, don't get grain. That must have been quite a switch. And you had mentioned before that you had actually even gone to, I think, to college to study dairy management, kind of con- the conventional system, right? Yeah, I I went to uh, dairy management down in Ridgewater, Hutchinson, Minnesota. And uh, before I had went there, when I was still in high school, I I'd always imagine you know going grazing because I had read articles on it and it sounded so much easier and. Once I went to college, I got brainwashed into thinking that I wanted a 
big uh, freestall dairy and you know big equipment and it uh, and that's kind of where I stayed until I got burned out for the second time milking on my own and finally went to grazing which is what I'd always wanted to do. And then you took Farm Beginnings in 2001. How, did you did you feel like you got much out of the class itself? Yeah, I uh, I I like going to the class. It uh, I don't think I would have started on my own if I hadn't gone to the class. I probably would have tried sticking it out and making something work with my dad. It kind of gave me a push to go off on my own and. Yeah. What what I mean? Do you uh, now that you've kind of gotten started and you've got a few years under your belt and. I guess this is your second year on this farm here, right? What do you kind of, have you realigned your goals a little bit? I think you're at 40 cows now. Is that kind of the size you want to be at? Or have you thought about down the road, five years where you want to be? Um, I guess uh, where I'm at right now, I think in an average year, we're on a little lighter soil here. But on an average year, I should be able to feed my 40 cows and all my young stock with all homegrown feed on this. I got 140 acres. It's all in pasture, so I don't row crop anything. I guess I've thought about possibly going to like 60 cows and then buying in my hay. And then if I did that, I guess it all depends on economics and stuff. But if I went to 60 cows, I'd probably switch to once-a-day milking year-round. you feel financially, is this working out for you, the, the system you're in now? Yeah, I've since I well even since I switched from confi- confinement conventional to um, well I'll be organic here in the following year uh, grazing. I've made more money this way than I ever have with conventional. So even even with my uh, you know close to twenty four thousand pound Holsteins, I was to the point where I couldn't even afford to fix my truck. Yeah. It broke and I. I drove one of my dad's vehicles for a couple months because I didn't have the money to fix my truck. And once I switched to grazing, I paid off all my loans and took it from there. Vanessa, could I ask you a few questions? I was just wondering if you could talk about how the quality of life issue with the grazing system and the seasonal. I mean, do you feel like that that's working out for you guys in the family? Because that is a huge issue with dairy farmers is the amount of time it takes, especially with the twice a day milking and all that? When we first started out conventionally, I was working full time and then at the end of the day I'd go home and help him with chores and plus I was going to college. So we had no family time. It was all work and farm. And things started slowing down, but once he switched to grazing, I see him all day. I mean, he's around all the time. If I need his help, he's around to help me. And if we want to spend family time or go do something with the kids together, then we can do that. And it's we've been a lot happier just as a family and a lot closer. Yeah. Well, the most important question I have is I want to know how good those cookies were. Could you tell me how good the cookies were? Good. Were they good? What flavor? Uh, chocolate. <laughs> years, Farm Beginnings has expanded beyond Minnesota, and courses are now being offered in several states. To learn more, see www.farmbeginnings.org or call 507-523-3366. That's www.farmbeginnings.org or 507-523-3366.
If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.